Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. And uh, it's been a busy day, and I'm going to tell you why in a little bit. But before I do that, I would like to talk about Ian, who is our Patreon supporter of the week this week. Ian has supported this podcast at the $5 tier since December 2018. So thank you so much, Ian. He's a heck of a nice guy. He's generous, and honestly, he's a very supportive person. So, again, thank you, Ian. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your support. Now let's get back to why I'm busy. As some of you know, I'm sure listeners have listened to the show for any length of time, I'm a firefighter. Uh, currently, my rank is engineer. There's a captain's test coming up. That requires me to study. And last year, I was one of two candidates up for promotion, I did not get that promotion. That's okay, because the person who got it is very capable. But that means I have to test again. And um, it's a lot of work. There is hours and hours and hours of study time that has to go into a captain's test. And that leaves less time for me to do things like, you know, hang out with my family, do chores around the house. Um, this podcast, <laughs> to be honest with you. So... Uh, the podcast will probably be uh, a little briefer than normal, uh, a little shorter, just because I my main job is being a firefighter. Um, you know, that's what pays all my bills. So, yeah, I expect that this will be over in October. I don't have an official date, but sometime in October, I, I'm pretty sure that everything will go back to normal. But just so as you're aware... And then another thing that is exhausting me lately is we are having at work, and I rarely talk about work on this show, but we are seeing a ton of COVID patients, like really sick COVID patients. I mean, we have the COVID patients that are like, I can't breathe. It feels like I'm breathing through a straw. We have all those folks. And then we have the really sick ones. And um, I just want to say that if you're not wearing a mask, for the love of bananas, please wear a mask. Because even if you were never going to get COVID, uh, it doesn't hurt you to wear a mask. And if you end up getting COVID, I guarantee you, based on the people that I have seen, and two of them were super serious. One is a person in their mid-20s that might die. Um, 
So they're really bad off. And the other person is an older gentleman um, who might have already died. So I'm being 100% earnest with you when I say that I don't want to see another person in these positions. I know that the vast majority of people who get COVID are sick for a while. I know somebody who's been sick for almost a month now, and he still isn't better. I know that some people don't show any symptoms of all or at all or have like very mild symptoms. But I also see the people who are very bad off in this. I, as you, many of you know, that I don't really care too much about politics. And uh, I have my own views on the Republican and Democratic parties, any party for that matter. I have my own views that uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think that dividing everybody up into a tribe is a good thing. So this isn't about politics. This is about keeping you safe and, you know, uh, you know, staying at home, which is boring. I, I, I know because my family's at home and they're about ready to go crazy, uh, wearing a mask, washing your hands, all these things are going to reduce your risk of getting COVID. And if you get COVID, I really hope that you don't get these symptoms that we're seeing for with patients because they are really bad. And it's not something that I would want my family member to go through, much less myself. So having said that, <clears throat> I talked to Leo at Lucid Motors today. Um, Leo is a salesperson at Lucid Motors, heck of a nice person. He's a really nice guy. Uh, we chatted a little bit about just random electric uh, vehicle stuff. I am sure on some level that he would like to sell me a car. Um, and I would like to buy a Lucid Air, to be honest with you, but that's not like spending that much money on a car is not something I'm going to do. If it was a cheaper price, then I would definitely consider it. But my whole point in this is that Lucid is doing a reveal for the Lucid Air on September 9th. And you can go to Lucid's website and you can sign up to RSVP for the virtual reveal or the online streaming reveal. And I would encourage you to do that if you're interested in electric vehicles. I said this to Leo, and I've mentioned this several times on the podcast. When Lucid Motors first came out, I was like, this is a very stuffy company for like uppity people that I wouldn't normally want to hang out with. And then I went to Monterey and I, I hung out with a few of them uh, at their booth and I talked to them and they couldn't be nicer. They are a great group of people. They're knowledgeable, they're kind, which to me, that's the most important thing. Leo was extraordinarily polite, um, which I thought <laughs> was great. But uh, I want to see this company succeed. So if you would like to see this company succeed, or if you're just interested, uh, check out their website and, and RSVP for the September 9th event. I can't remember what time it was. All right, moving on. That's been enough of me prattling. I will skip the Patreon plug this week. So you don't have to listen to me talk about that. There's no Patreon exclusive content this week simply because I just didn't have time to put something together. And here we go with the news. VW is replacing their head of software division due to ID3 issues. We've chronicled the problems with ID3 in the software, so I'm not going to go over all that stuff again. Um, you know what? 
I'm sure on some level the head of software had something to do with this problem uh, that they're they're experiencing. I really wonder if it's uh, did this guy really or gal really mess this up, or were they the boss and they are just getting replaced because you know they were the boss and it happened on their watch. I would like to know more into that, but I doubt that we'll ever find out. Uh, moving on, Hyundai has sold over 100,000 Kona electrics globally. I've said this before many times. I think Hyundai is uh, the most is the biggest underdog in electric vehicles right now, the Hyundai Kona specifically, simply because it's a great car that I don't think very many people uh, think of when they think of electric vehicles or consider to be a viable option. So 100,000 vehicles, this is an achievement, especially when you consider that these vehicles are pretty hard to get. So in the U.S., they're mostly available in carb states. So that's California, Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington State, and Washington, D.C., which is not a state. It's a district despite what Washington DC one like to they would like to be a state so they get representation. But anyway, um yeah, so they're they're kinda hard to get. They're in short supply. But Hyundai's goal is to sell five hundred and sixty thousand EVs annually by twenty twenty five and I'd say they're well on their way. So good job to Hyundai. One of the things Leo and I talked about, actually, he turned me on to this, is Fisker is planning on using VW's MEB platform for future vehicles. Fred, Fred Lambert excuse me, noted that this effectively makes Fisker a design firm. So if that's the case, the Neo, and I think maybe Byton, they should be considered design firms because I, I know for a fact that Neo doesn't build their own cars, and I think that Byton doesn't build their own cars, but I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure they contract that out. And in China, VW, uh, they were using the same auto manufacturing company that NIO is using. So they're not building their vehicles in China. And at some point they will. They've already announced that they're going to, but as of right now, they don't. And then also Ford uses the MEB platform for their sedans or is going to. So I'm not calling Fred wrong. I'm just saying that I don't think people really care if I'm honest, who manufactures the car. And I think this is really smart of Fisker to do because the MEB platform, despite the problems that the, the software uh, Volkswagen's had with the software, is actually a pretty solid platform. So I, I would like to see more vehicles based off of that platform. It makes total sense. Uh, Tesla has reduced the base price of their solar packages to $8,200 US for a 4 kilowatt our system, uh, our four kilowatt system. And then with incentives that drops the price down to $6,000, this is, this is a small system, but my sister-in-law, she has a small house and this might work for her. Uh, just kind of as an added note, the rest of the packages, uh, they saw a slight increase in price. So, uh, four kilowatts is smaller than what most companies will even install. So I think this is the one that Tesla doesn't actually, it's the one they use to entice you, but I don't think it's the one they, you know, actually want you to buy or expect you to buy. All right. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in last week's show, 
But Elon was in Tulsa over the 4th of July weekend, and I surmised that they could be adding a little bit of pressure to Travis County officials to approve Tesla's incentive package for their factory outside of Austin, Texas. And honestly, I don't think that they probably needed to do that because, you know, T Travis County, I, I really believe that they were going to approve it anyway, no matter what. But now we have official word that Travis County has approved Tesla's tax incentive package, their request, their demands, their coercion, whatever you want to call it. They've approved it. Tesla hasn't made any official announcement on where the new Gigafactory will be, whether it's going to be in Austin or Texas. So now we kind of wait to hear an official statement from Tesla. And I mentioned last week that I thought Georgia would be a good place for Tesla to go. And uh, nobody emailed me and asked me why. So I'm going to tell you, because uh, Governor Kemp, who's Georgia's governor, he, he doesn't care about COVID. And Elon doesn't seem to care about COVID. And because of that, uh, I, I figured that there are a lot of capable people in, uh, you know, in and around Atlanta and all of Georgia, really. So, so Elon would be like, find some like simpatico feelings there with Kemp. But I guess not. So maybe I'm wrong. Um, Tesla's attention to detail wins the day in our next story. One of the reasons why I love Tesla is because they pay attention to the little things. They're not the fanciest brand. They are expensive, but they're not the fanciest brand out there. But they pay attention to those little things. So in their latest update, if there's not a passenger in the front seat, the front passenger seat, then the car will automatically disable the AC fins facing that passenger seat. And that makes it more efficient for the car. And then that directs, I'm guessing, would redirect a little bit more air toward the driver. So that's pretty smart. And I, honestly, I don't know why more car companies don't do this. I can't imagine that it's all that hard to do. Um, I mean, with Tesla, it's a simple software update. With other auto manufacturers, it would actually be some time you know, putting that serve that feature in before they shipped the car. So maybe that's why they don't. Uh, speaking of Tesla and the fleet here, Tesla may be expanding their service center to accommodate their growing fleet size. This stems from a LinkedIn article from Tesla president of automotive, Jerome Gillian. He indicated that Tesla is looking for suitable spaces in Los Gatos, California, Glendale, Arizona, Naples, Florida, and Puerto Rico. And this makes total sense. If Tesla doesn't want to deal with dealerships, then the burden to service the vehicles falls on them. So... This makes total sense to me, and I don't know why it's news, but it is, so I mentioned it. Tesla is looking to do some major upgrades at the Fremont factory. They're planning a shutdown to allow for the installation of the upgrades. There's also a new tent structure that's going in for an assembly line, we assume for Model Y. They really seem to be running out of room at the Fremont factory. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Tesla is chomping at the bit to get these new gigafactories up and running so that they can, in fact, keep up with demand. So that's a good problem to have. However, uh, building a gigafactory is not, or a Terra factory. Again, I don't like that name, Terra factory, Terror factory. With all the negative reports on how Tesla treats their employees, can you imagine the memes around Terra Factory? Like Terra Factory, I, I just I think that's a terrible branding decision by Tesla if they so choose to do that. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. 
Anyway, let's talk about the Model Y. The Model Y long range has seen a $3,000 price cut and the Model Y Performance got a $1,000 price cut. I think that's great for people looking to buy a Model Y. The Tesla says they cut the price because they found efficiencies and the price cuts are not because the Model Y isn't selling as well as they thought. And actually, honestly, I believe them because I think there's way more people who want the Model Y out there than they can build right now. Maybe in a year or two, I would believe that this price cut was due to, to Tesla not being able to sell enough Model Ys, but not right now. I think I've mentioned this on the show, but one of my neighbors has a red Model Y and it's blacked out, of course, and it is beautiful. But because of COVID, and I don't know them all that well, I've only seen it from a distance. And after the world goes back to normal, I will be sure to go up and ask them how they like it. Because it's it's a really good looking car when it drives down the road. Back to the subject at hand, Tesla is planning a real rear, a real, a rear wheel drive Model Y that that will have a range of 300 miles and cost somewhere in the mid $40,000 range US. This is a real positive because Tesla has canceled the base Model Y. You know, the Model Y that was supposed to start at about $40,000. Elon says that it doesn't make sense to sell on the original base Model Model Y because the range is too low. I have mixed feelings on this because A, I think that $40,000 for a vehicle entry price is really high. It's an expensive car that most people wouldn't be able to afford. But now if you, you know, bump that up to 45,000 with this rear wheel drive that will go 300 miles, uh, even this, that little $5,000 bump that puts this car out of the price range for a lot of people. So, uh, But on the other hand, I don't want Tesla building a car or wasting their time with a car that isn't going to sell because that isn't good for shareholders, which I don't really care about. But it's not good for the company, and I do care about Tesla as a company and the employees and things like that. And I know employees are shareholders, so I take it back. I I just don't care about the, the stock side of Tesla. Moving on. Take my foot out of my mouth. Moving on. The, the Science Channel visited Gigafactory, Nevada, and they took some video as they toured the site, as you know, TV companies are prone to do. In their segment, they mentioned that Panasonic and Tesla produce 13 million battery cells per day, but Panasonic has denied this number. They didn't provide a specific number of how many cells they produce a day. But somewhere along the lines, they announced that they were producing 54 gigawatt hours of battery cells per year. Someone did the math, not me, and determined that they are producing roughly 8 million battery cells per day, which isn't 13 million, but still very impressive. All right, let's get into our main and final story of the day. Earlier this week, it was reported that there was a data leak from Tesla showing that over 130 employees slash contractors have tested positive for COVID. The data showed that Tesla believes that at least 1,500 employees have been exposed to COVID, I'm guessing at Tesla, while they're at work. So here's an excerpt of an email that was sent out to employees. I wanted to provide you with an update on our health and safety efforts related to COVID-19. 
Contrary to the inaccurate reports you may have read, Tesla has had very few COVID-19 workplace transmission cases, less than 10 globally since January, because of our robust precautions in place. So Fred Lambert, who wrote this article, thinks they're referring to cases, and I would agree with him, that were that could be traced back to Tesla. Like, oh, I got this from work, not I got it from going out and hanging out with friends. It's hard to prove in a small company where somebody got COVID, and it's probably impossible to prove it in a huge company. I mean, I know that there's contract tracing, contact tracing and all that stuff, but really, it's a crapshoot, you know? All right, I have another excerpt here. These misleading articles reference data that was in the process of being validated and includes people from all of our locations around the world, such as those who may have been infected but never came on site or were infected at home while our operations were temporarily paused. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. That's probably true. Most of the cases were categorized as unspecified in the in the report. So, you know, we really don't know. And maybe they really don't know either. Unspecified is, is a pretty uh, unspecified category. Uh, last part of the excerpt here. Out of more than 55,000 employees, less than 0.25% of our total company has tested positive globally since the beginning of the year. Nearly all, more than 99.99% of these occurrences, were not cases of the virus transmitted at work. Again, uh, it's not impossible to prove, but that's very hard to prove. But I will give tests to this. 0.25% of 55,000 employees, roughly, is 137.5 people. So uh, I, I thought there would be more affected infected or affected personally you know i have firsthand knowledge of a factory that has much higher numbers of covid cases i mean significant i can't go into specifics but it's it'll it would surprise you if you knew so if this data is correct i'm going to give tesla some props here and mind you i i mentioned the covid stuff at the top of the show in my opinion, any COVID case is bad. It doesn't matter if the person is asymptomatic or if they are, you know, on a ventilator next to death's door. It's, I don't want anybody to get it. So I, I'm not happy that anybody has it. But if Tesla really does only have, in fact, 0.25% of employees who have tested positive for COVID, whether they got it at work or at home or somewhere else, um, that kind of shows that Tesla is, and its employees are taking this seriously. Now, now that I've said that, uh, I'd like to reiterate the big if, if the numbers are being reported correctly. And that's a big if because this was a leak and, you know, Tesla came out and said, well, no, only 10 globally. And the leak was this week. So they haven't verified that data. So technically, I guess they still haven't verified that data because it was only like three days ago or two days ago. If it wasn't verified then, I doubt it's verified today. In any case, I talked about this quite a bit in May, and I thought it was important to have a nice follow-up. And the follow-up, as a general rule, like for looking at the, the, the really big picture, super zoomed out, 
the the follow-up is actually pretty positive if all again if all the numbers are being reported correctly all right folks that is it for me if you would like to email me it is bodie b-o-d-i-e at 918digital.com i am on twitter at 918digital my dms are open so you can dm me if you choose Uh, a lot of people like to contact me that way and that's cool I'd like to say congratulations to Nick, and he knows why. So congratulations, Nick. I'm really happy for you. And then what else is there? My goodness. Is that it? I hope everybody has a a really good week. Have a nice, safe weekend and a nice, safe, COVID-free week. I appreciate every single person that listens to this show. And honestly, I, I... even though we don't know each other, I, I care about all people, people I know and don't know. And I would, again, hate to see somebody uh, or more people get infected with this. It's it's just not great. These people are miserable. So please stay safe. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I, I do care about you because I care about all human beings. And uh, yeah, but before I go too much further and get all sappy, have a great week. Thank you for listening to the show. Ian, thank you for contributing to the show. All the Patreon supporters, thank you for contributing to the show. It means a lot to me. I will talk to you next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.